You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Well, church, family, friends, we all have a love hunger, don't we? We all desire and long for love. We desire to be loved by someone, others. We desire to feel love for someone, for others. We know this. Songs tell us this. All you need is love. Oh, I'm so glad that worked. Nervously thinking about that line. Is this going to even, all you need is love. You got it. Trends will tell us this. Trends, you can, you can opt into a brand or a look that resonates and you can get affirmation from those that also participate. Work, you can find love. If you do a good job, you'll get love from above. Social issues, show other people how much you also care about that thing that idea, that event, that way of thinking, that cause, and then get affirmed by those that are also there. Movies, oh, movies we love, stories of love, love found, love rekindled, stories of heroic love, forever love, sacrificial love. All of these things point to our human desire, our hunger for love. It's been said, our nature as human beings is to love and to seek love. But how often would you say this hunger, it gets satisfied? How's the global search for love going? Songs, I can't get, no. Yeah, satisfaction. It seems that the songs that do best and resonate the most are Adele and Tay-Tay and their lyrics connect with the people that also speak to their experience of failed connection. No? So you just sing about your latest breakup and you get the Grammy. Trends, trends, yep. They'll come and they'll go and we'll buy and we'll buy and we'll adapt and we'll change but we'll still feel empty. Work, you do a good job, and you'll get the praise, you'll get the bonus, you'll get the recognition. It'll either come or it'll never come. And if it does come, is that it? I thought it would feel different. Social issues, despite all your bumper stickers, T-shirts, petitions, and charity, perhaps your life still feels like it lacks any true clarity. Or movies, those stories of love, love found, love rekindled, heroic love, forever love, sacrificial love. Well, they're just movies. (laughs) Stories, fiction, fantasy, really often just feeling like it's just a big tease to keep us hopeful for a moment of ease. We feel in our nature that we are made for and are to seek love, but our experience reveals that our search to satiate this hunger isn't working. Has this been your experience? Have you ever felt this way? Have you ever asked what's gone wrong? Why haven't we figured this out yet? 
How can we satisfy this love hunger we all have? Well, uh, let me introduce you to a man named Augustine. Augustine, old man now, he's dead, but he knows the love hunger. Old Augustine, although born long ago into a time and culture that wasn't ours, his experience of life was very much the same. So he was a man that understands this love struggle. Augustine was a man that, who also found that he could not satiate his love hunger. See, no matter how many troughs Augustine fed from, each one at the bottom was another realisation that it too wasn't going to satisfy him. And Augustine, he tried it all. He went there. He really went there. The kids are out. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, no lasting love there. Religion, philosophy and trending self-discovery, not there either. He left his mother distraught. His reputation was that he was a man of excessive indulgence, searching everywhere and everyone to satisfy the hunger that was his, the hunger for love. And Augustine felt it. All he needed was love, but he ain't got it. Like many today, he can't get no satisfaction. But is that where it stopped with Augustine? Well, no, at the peak of discovering the disorienting power of misplaced desire, his life was dramatically transformed. And his love hunger was satiated. And his soul found rest. So what happened to Augustine? What was his experience? Well, old Gussie, he met God. This rebel in a garden, what was that noise? Someone, just, someone getting notifications from the Holy Spirit? All right. There we go. How does God meet his people today in a technological age? You've got three missed calls from God. Augustine, this rebel in a garden, he heard a voice, an invitation to pick up the word of God. And in doing so, in doing so he realized what he was searching for horizontally could only be found vertically. See, your love hunger will only be satiated when you are correctly orientated. Augustine, it was in those living words of the Bible, Augustine learned that what he was searching for, what he needed, who he needed, it was impossible for him to ascend to get it. But as he kept on reading, good news for Augustine, gospel for Augustine, he got what he needed, he heard what he needed, he realised that although he could not ascend up, who he needed had ascend, descended down. Augustine realised the love that he craved, the love that was high and lifted up, had loved him with enough love to be gentle and lowly. See, Augustine met Jesus. 
And in meeting Jesus for Augustine, he tasted and saw that the Lord is good. He come to this realization and experience that in his presence was fullness of joy. Augustine discovered God's love made possible through Jesus and God's love is better than life. And thanks be to God that Augustine didn't keep all this for just him. He didn't keep this discovery for himself, this man of experience, this man of beautiful and brilliant mind. He put pen to paper to write down his life dynamic for those who are still searching horizontally. Augustine wrote so that people, you and I, would know that for him it wasn't in a human relationship. It wasn't in a human relationship that he was going to find the love he deep down desired. He needed a relationship with Jesus. For Augustine, this longing was not going to be fulfilled in a purchase that he could make to complete his life. He needed to be purchased by Jesus. Augustine would tell us that it was not going to be the achievement in his work and his KPIs to get the approval that he wanted. He needed the loving work and approval of Jesus. Augustine was not meant to keep rehearsing his power of positive thinking and personal affirmations and self-talk within to his soul. He was meant to tune his ear into the invitations and blessings spoken over him by Jesus into his soul. And the more and more he realized this, the more and more that he realized that his search for love, his hunger for love was only to be found in Jesus, the more he compared that with what, where he had been, he articulated the worldwide trade-off that in all of human history, it's going to reflect two postures that either we're going to love ourselves or we're going to love God. That either we're going to be self-willed or we're going to align our will with God's. And without God, without God's initiative, without him making the first move, we're going to remain lovers of self. But in our search for love, we can have great confidence because if we are willing to turn to God through the personal work of Jesus Christ, we see that God in his very nature, in his love, he sees our need. He recognizes that we can never come up to meet him on our own. So he comes down. God sends a mediator, he sends a saviour, he sends his son, he sends Christ. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loves the surf coast that he sent his one and only son. For God so loves you and me that he sent his one and only son the Lord Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, there is the invitation for divine interaction. There is the washing and the renewal of your soul. There is a soul reorientation. There is soul restoration in Jesus. Do you know this? In Jesus, there is a fountain of life and love to quench our thirst and to energize our new life. In Jesus, we can be rewired from self-love to God-love. 
In Jesus, we can be rescued from living in darkness, unable to find love, and we can be brought into the light to see God who is love. See, Jesus in the search for love changes everything. And so Q, the most important question you can ever ask yourself. Have you let Jesus restore your soul? Augustine wasn't the first to think about the human hunger for love and soul restoration. I'm not only going to talk about Augustine today, we're going to talk about Psalm 63, a psalm of David, words from another soul searcher and love hungerer, David. David also recorded his experience of God's love so others would know that it is only God that can satisfy their love hunger. This is David, King David. He's King David. He's King David. He's got it all. He's got the lifestyle. He's got the experience. He's ruddy. He's well-resourced. And what he wrote, writes about, what he writes about is he's writing about what he wants most in his time of most need. And as a king who's had everything, did everything, felt everything, where does he go? He finds fulfillment in God. I hope you have your Bible with you. Keep it open to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Let me invite you to see three key statements in this psalm for you to properly feed your love hunger. Three key statements. We're thinking about earnestly seeking God, willingly to see God, and what we are willing to do to be near God. First statement, my God, my God, my God, ownership, my God, partnership, my God, relationship, my God. Here's the big idea. To eat up the love of God's table, you have to wake up, show up and sit down. Only when the one true God becomes your God, when he becomes my God, can you truly have your love hunger satiated. David says, my God. And do you know that Jesus came so you can say, my God. Jesus's mission is Jesus who actually lived, who actually died, who actually came back to life, who's actually now at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Jesus his mission is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 
Jesus of himself said, the son of man came to seek, came to seek and save the lost. Jesus said, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's his mission. And here's his invitation. Jesus says, truly, 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 truly. Like I'm actually saying this, guys, listen up. Verily, verily, NKJV guys, hey? I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. He says, John writes, as he's commenting on Jesus' life, he says, to those who received him, to those who received Jesus, who believed in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. You see, Jesus is the only one that can give you complete access into the community of God. The only one. Only those who appeal to Jesus are able to boldly approach the throne of grace to find help and mercy in their time of need. Only through the Lord Jesus can anyone find their way, find the truth and find the life. No one is going to be able to get to God the Father apart from through Him. Have you heard of this Jesus? Have you responded to this Jesus? Have you received this Jesus so you can say, my God, It has to be my God. Can't be the God of my grandma, the God of my father, the God of that guy that I see walking around with the Bible near the Pond Cafe. <laughs> my God. Have you responded to Jesus, cried out to him to know the adoption so you can say, my God? Some of you haven't. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why. Some of us are proud. We're not willing to accept help. We think that we can love ourselves more than God can love us. We think that we can ascend the ladder to God by our good works, our good deeds, our charity and our bumper stickers. Wrong. The Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you. Some of us are too proud. Some of us are scared to open ourselves up to Jesus and ask for a new life and a fresh start with Him. We're scared of what other people might think. We're scared. We know that in the past we've said this and we've done this and we've acted in that way and we're scared to change. What will other people think? We're scared of other people's opinions of what they would say if we would change. Basically, if you're scared, you think that People's opinion of you means more to you than God's opinion of you. But don't be scared. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. God's love is perfect love. Some of us are proud. Some of us are scared. Some of us are institutionalized. Institutionalized. You're just way too set and comfy in your way of life. You just, I'm just too deep, just too deep in it to change now. It's too late and I wouldn't know how. It'll mean new effort, it'll mean discomfort, it'll mean loss. I'm quite happy here sitting in my prison cell. 
And in some ways, you're right. Getting set free from your cage and learning to walk again will mean effort. It will mean discomfort. It will mean new things. But it's not a solo endeavor. It's not a solo endeavor. You're not left out on your own. You've got Jesus. You'll be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'll have a helper. You'll have a friend. You'll have an eternal coach who's always connected with you and who will never fail you. The Bible says that believe on the words of the Jesus of believe on the Bible would say believe in Jesus Christ, believe his words that he will never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to stay trapped in your cage. Some of us are proud, some of us are scared, some of us are institutionalized. Some of us we think too good to be true. This is too good to be true. Some of you will cry out in the same way as Wayne and Garth. I am unworthy. I am unworthy. Thank you. You're showing your age. Well, your sense of unworthiness to come into the love of God, your sense of unworthiness, you know what? You're right. You are unworthy. But that is how far that reality should go. Because Jesus is more merciful than your mistakes. Jesus' grace is greater and better than your darkest deeds. Jesus' compassion for you as one of his children is crazy love. You see, the Bible says that when Jesus sees the crowds, being helpless and harassed in this world, it says that he has compassion. Yes, you've stuffed up. That's why Jesus came to live and die on the cross and be risen again to new life so that you could be set free and given a fresh start after you all your stuff ups. Don't let the reason Jesus came be the reason you're going to reject his free gift of eternal life. Don't be proud. Don't be scared. Don't, you don't have to say trapped in your life cage. You don't have to think it's too good to be true. Can you hear the voice of Jesus? Wake up. And if you're awake, move towards him in your heart and with your soul and show up before him and sit down. Sit down before him and take a posture of reverence and humility and with your head bowed, believe in his mission, hear his invitation, look to the empty cross, trust in his actions for your adoption and you'll be able to say the words of 1 John 3 and see what the love of the Father has given to you that you can be called a child of God. Look to Jesus. You can do that today. If you genuinely long for Him, believe in Him, want to live with Him, you can. <laughs> you can. You can be baptized today. You can step into a new life and be able to say, My God. Because only when the one true God becomes your God, my God, can you have your love hunger satiated. Can you say, my God?
if you can, are you seeking? O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. This is the second statement. Speaking to aligning our will with God's will. Earnestly I seek. This is active pursuit. This is intentional inquiry. This is optimistic curiosity. Earnestly I seek. Here's the big idea. So you say you've accepted the invitation of to God's table. Are you looking around at the table at what's set before you? And are you feasting? Jesus teaches, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus teaches, build your life on the rock. Do you know Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? How are you seeking to know more about Jesus? The Christian journey is one of constant rekindling and growing in love. This is why we sing songs like, Be Thou My Vision. This is why we read the Bible. This is why we pray every week corporately together, every day privately on our own. Psalm 63 reminds us, invites us, earnestly seek God, be thirsty for God, fall head over heels in order to get to God, get to where He is, get to where you see Him, get to the sanctuary, behold His power and glory. Behold his power and glory. How do you do that? Where's the power and glory of God to be found? Just look to where he is or where he's been. Go to where God works. Go to where the stories of God's work are. Go to the living word of God. Go to the written account of the most miraculous moments of God's in God's action in history. See Jesus live, watch him plan, see him act, see him obey, see him react, hear him teach, see his godness, behold his power and glory. Go to him in prayer. Ask God that you might be able to see him at work. Have him lead you. Let him teach you. Watch him change you, change others, change situations, change the world. Oh, no, I wouldn't pray. That stuff just would happen anyway, would it? Don't know who said this quote. Doesn't matter. The point is the same. The more I pray, the more coincidences happen. Are you praying? If you do, watch out. You might see some of the power and behold some of the glory. The story of this church. Three weeks ago, anyone here? How'd that service start? Everyone looking at that radar. Oh no. We're going to die. I mean, get wet. How'd that go? That was just a taste of the calming of the wind and the waves. 
Maybe personally, maybe you're like, nah, I don't feel like I can see the power and glory for myself. Well, go and hear from your church family. Hang out with other believers. Maybe you got no fresh God stories about on your own about what Jesus is doing, done this week or doing in your own life, but go to the others who might have one themselves. Go hear their stories. Hear, ask, gather encouragement and nourishment from an awareness of the fingerprints and deeds of God being done in our day, even this day. And you really want to see the power and glory of Jesus? Here's a scary one. Go and get into a life that is a living experiment of reenacting Jesus. Go and get a feel for his life. Go and see, go and behave like Jesus would behave. Test your thoughts, test your attitudes, align them to his. Place yourself in situations like he did. Serve, give, sacrifice, love, love your enemies. I guarantee you will see some of God's power and glory. Or at least you'll be asking to because you'll be like, man, I need help. I need help to live like Jesus today. You know the prayers that God loves to answer? answer? The ones where we say, God, make me more like your son. Earnestly seek. Are you seeking? Are you seeking? How can you start seeking more of God today? Last statement, I will. And let me tell you, if you're earnestly seeking, your wills will be changing I will, that is future action, decided expression, res- reasoned response. The word will in this psalm comes six times, the action of the speaker. Big idea, what the Christian will do is based on what they believe God has done and said will do. What the Christian will do is based on what they believe God has done and said will do. Psalm 63, will, six times. My lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. In the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. Augustine, he tell you, when your love is ordered, every, every other priority falls into place. What are you deciding you will do based on what God has done and said he will do? It's still January. There's still time for those wonderful resolutions. I'm sure we've all got a lot of aspiration on planned out I wills. Are they God-centered I wills? If they are, those I wills, they'll probably be the hardest I wills. Some days they might feel like disingenuous I wills. But Jesus calls us to be patient, to persevere, to see change as we commit our lives to what we will do out of the fear of the Lord and honoring Him. Obedience and joy and seeking Him 
The Christian is called to a life of perseverance in the confidence of God's promises to be renewing our minds. We can trust that by the power of His Spirit, our desires and our delights will change day by day. And if not right now, if not tomorrow, they will be changed on the last day, won't they? Resurrection, glory, eternity, new bodies, new minds. Isn't that one of the great motivators for these I wills? It's like what we're going to be doing on the last day. All these I wills we're going to be doing with and before Jesus. Called up into glory, clothed with the right robes, hanging out with the multitude of generations, eating fine food, wedding supper of the lamb, someone's on a trumpet. It's amazing. Heavenly host of angels. We'll be praising Him. We will be blessing Him. We will be lifting up our hands to Him. We will be joyful before Him. So why not start practicing now for what we will do in eternity? Isn't that why we sing? It's one of the reasons why we sing. Isn't it why we read God's Word? The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God endures forever. Isn't that why we pray? Isn't all of eternity just going to be a constant communion and interaction with God? I will do these things. Will you? I'm seeing some nods. I love you guys. Surf Coast, keep going. But these I wills, they're not only our future day actions, are they? Not only future day actions. When we say out loud to our God, if he's my God, my lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. My mouth will praise you with joyful joyful lips. These I wills, they're also self-talks, aren't they? Personal preaching to our souls. These are spoken affirmations of trust and belief that we are confident in our relationship with Jesus to keep growing, to keep deepening, that by the power of His Spirit and in the confidence of His declaration and the strength of His grip on us, our adoption will keep working things out so that we will get to that point. Because sometimes we're suffering, we don't feel like blessing the Lord. Sometimes we're hurting, we don't feel like the praising. Sometimes we've just done a lot of paddling, two hours, it was a great session. We don't have enough energy to lift up our hands. But we can say, I will. In anticipation that God will cause us to get to the point where we will. And so much of these I wills, if we begin to practice them now, if we can tell ourselves these now, this is an important practice in allowing ourselves to be loved. Allowing ourselves to be loved. Letting our souls be restored by Jesus. Some of us need to hear this. Some of us don't let God love us. Like guys, you know when there's like tension between mates, sometimes we're just not willing to go in and he, we've got a mate and it's, there's been tension and he's doing everything he can to extend the hand 
to re-embrace. He's holding out a cold one, ready to sit down with you and watch the game. And we're just like, nah. Nah. We need to allow ourselves to be loved by God. All day long, He hands out His hands to us. Let yourself be loved by God. Don't push away His work with what He's done on the cross. Don't leave Him standing there being like, what, 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 what more could I do? Live the perfect life, died your death, rose from the grave, appeared to over 300 witnesses, now at the right hand of God, interceding to God the Father, sent person after person after person to you. I even tweaked your algorithm on YouTube to be like, yeah, they know I'm pursuing them. Still not responding. Allow yourself to be loved, guys. And girls, I mean, obviously I'm not a girl, but do the same. Allow yourself to be loved. Let Jesus love you. Don't push away his divine efforts to court you, to reach out to you, to woo you, so that he might cause a connection with you again. Let yourself be loved. And we can let ourselves be loved. We can rehearse that with these I wills. Everyone, a mental rehearsal of what we believe and are confident in as we expect, of what we expect in the restored relationship that God is working through his power from the resurrection of the dead. See, resurrection is our motivation for us to stay focused, not only for the future, but resurrection is also the strength for here, right now, in the journey for the relationship in the present. Jesus is alive. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Resurrection power for us to persevere, to know that he's actively at work loving us. So say, I will. I will bless you. I will praise you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. We're singing that today. So, I will, will you. There's a love hunger. We all desire and long for love, to be loved by someone or to love others. Have you experienced this love hunger? Well, I would ask, can you say, my God? Are you earnestly seeking? Will you go to him? When I spend some time singing, putting into practice, I wills, for those of you, maybe you know you've felt distant. Maybe you, maybe you feel like you I can't say my God. I feel like an imposter to say my God. How do I get to the point of saying my God? Maybe you long to be a seeker, earnestly seeking Him. Or maybe you just need a little bit more strength for those I wills. If that's you, I just want to help you and lead you in just a short prayer. And you can make this prayer your own, wherever you are.
My God, I'm sorry that I didn't realise sooner that I was meant to be earnestly seeking you. My God, I realised that my soul was actually thirsty for you. My God, my flesh faints because it's actually always wanted you. Jesus, God, I desire to look upon you in the sanctuary. I want to behold your power and glory. I want this because I believe. I believe your steadfast love is better than life. So if you'd have me, my lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. God, here I am, awake, standing up, sitting before you, responding to your invitation of Jesus, ready to be fed by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.